Hey guys, welcome back to the Wachusett Wine and Spirits podcast. It's Whiskey Wednesday and it's January 26th as we get ready for Snowmageddon coming up this weekend. Now in this episode of Whiskey Wednesday, we're here to talk about St. George B&E American Whiskey. But before we get there, a couple of things. One, Corey's here, which is always great for me. I love hanging out with Corey. Um, always great kind of points that he makes that I don't always think of. Um, so it's just kind of fun to have him here with me. Uh, also, before we get to the St. George, we're going to be tasting through a couple of new whiskeys to the store. One is the Jameson Orange uh, which is the newest line extension to the Jameson. We're not going to taste it, but we'll talk about it. We'll mention that it's here. Uh, and then we'll talk about the Bird Dog 7-Year Small Batch and what a kind of a happy accident that turned out to be where a customer was looking for the Bird Dog Small Batch. We ended up ordering the 7-Year Small Batch. And turns out it's actually pretty good. Uh, and then we get into St. George. And before we lead up to the B&E American Whiskey, we kind of revisit the Terroir Gin, and then we revisit the Baller Single Malt, and then we get on to the B&E American Whiskey. Uh, St. George overall is one of the more unique and interesting distilleries, as well as probably the oldest craft distillery in America. They've been around since 1982, and everything they do is just out of the ordinary. It challenges the palate. It challenges the senses. And they're just an incredible part of the spirits journey uh, for all of us. So hopefully you guys dig that. And then we'll talk a little bit about the Whiskey Bracket Challenge. It's coming up on what we cannot believe is the third March Madness Whiskey Bracket Challenge. Uh, year one winner, Old Granddad Bottled and Bond. Year two winner, Redwood Empire Lost Monarch. We've actually retired both of them so that we can offer you guys a little something more in this year's challenge. So if you stay tuned to the end of the podcast, you'll get the first official sort of tournament selection for that as well. Uh, Hope you guys dig what we're doing. We're up over 10 episodes. Uh, there are more and more listeners every week. So thank you guys so, so much. Remember, go to Spotify, follow the podcast, give us a five-star rating. Uh, if you've got friends who you think will dig what we're doing here, share it on your Facebook page or on your social media. Let your friends know how cool it is. Um, yeah, Corey and I may not be much to look at, but... Uh, we're pretty engaging to listen to. So share that out. Give us a review on the Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram. Our beer manager, Matt, does a great job of posting new beers on Instagram. He also does a great job of bringing in new beers every single week. And if you want to know what those beers are, go to the Untapped app and follow us as a venue. We update it every single week to let you guys know what the newest beer arrivals are. Are. Uh, and then from there on, like if you've got a, an idea for an episode, if you've got a criticism, email me at rich at wachusettliquors.com. I'll get right back to you, I promise. Uh, let me know what you think. Let me know that you like it. Let me know that you don't like it. 
Either way, it's just good to have some feedback so we can improve this podcast uh, in these weekly videos for you. I uh, hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. And like I said, Snowmageddon, the snow apocalypse is coming up this weekend. So stay tuned to our Facebook page for updates on if we're going to be changing the hours, if we're going to close, if we're going to shorten the hours, whatever it is that we're going to do to kind of handle the snowstorm, we're going to post it on our Facebook page. So if you've got any questions, check it out there. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed uh, bringing it to you. And we'll uh, check in with you guys soon. Cheers. All right, podcast listeners, we're about to go live on Facebook. I think we're back in business full-time. Corey's going to be with us tonight. It's Whiskey Wednesday, and uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about one of the cooler distilleries in America, one of the first craft distilleries, Uh, and then if you guys stick around until the end, we'll do a a little bonus tasting after we go off the air as well, if we haven't gone off the rails by then. So, yeah, I'm ready whenever you are. Cool? Yep. Are we live? Yes. Awesome. I don't know, I'm feeling kind of super low-key today, too. Yeah. Those are my usual enthusiasm. I don't know if it's just the weather, the impending doom of snowpocalypse coming this weekend. No, I honestly, I feel the same exact way. But we got a lot of cool whiskeys in front of us and a gin so yeah who knows maybe we'll be in a better mood by the time we get through this uh good afternoon guys this is uh spirits guy coming to you guys live watch you at wine and spirits out here in west boylston Corey in the house what's going on guys um yeah and we're here today talk about whiskey wednesday by the way snowmageddon for real coming this weekend not looking forward to it. No, no. Um, for you guys watching, for you guys listening, uh, stay tuned to our Facebook page uh, for updates on what the hours may be on Saturday. Uh, it's hard to say now because you never know if the storm's going to turn or where it's going to go. But, you know, there's a pretty good chance we may open later in the day. Yeah. There's a pretty good chance we may not open at all. Depending really? on how the day goes, I mean, yeah, well, for a variety of reasons. Um, so, yeah, just kind of stay tuned to the Facebook page. Um, set your notifications. And, you know, when we post what the hours change will be, if there's going to be a change, uh, that's where we will post it. All right, let's get into some stuff here. First of all, new whiskeys in the house. We're not going to taste it, but... It is here, Jameson, orange flavored. Tastes like orange, smells like orange. It's very, very orange. Um, Yeah, so it's here. It's the newest product from Jameson. It's orange. I don't. Yeah, it is. That's all it is. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then before we get into the St. George, this is kind of new. It's kind of a happy accident, I suppose, too. Uh, we had a customer ask for this, or at least what I thought was this, uh, and we brought this in. So this is Bird Dog, uh, seven-year small batch, 
somebody had just actually asked for the small batch. We made a mistake, but it was a happy accident. And so now we have the seven-year. And by the way, looking forward to the future, next week we start building out the brackets for March Madness. This year's Whiskey Bracket Challenge. It's hard to believe this is the third one now. Yeah. Um, and because last year, I mean, the la- the first two years we did it, it kind of came down to Evan Williams bottled and bond, uh, Maker's Mark, Old Granddad bottled and bond. Yeah. And Lost Monarch just kind of clean swept and steamrolled oh, yeah. through clean everything slate. last yeah. year. Uh, so we're not going to use... Evan Williams bottled and bond this year. We're not going to use old granddad bottled and bond. We're not going to use lost Marnock this year just because we're kind of retiring them as champions. That and old granddad, I don't even think we can get right I now. Know, yeah. uh, so many, so many supply chain issues. <clears throat> so many of our whiskeys out of stock. We talked about it last week, which is why, you know, happy accidents like this kind of come around yeah. because this is actually under 30. Um, didn't know what to expect when we brought it in. Cracked the bottle. As it turns out, it's really good. Yeah, solid. Um, Seven-year age statement right on the bottle. I don't know where the juice comes from. I'm going to assume Heaven Hill. I don't remember if it says where it is. <clears throat> you know, a lot of these brands kind of use the, the semantics of bottled by, produced by. They kind of skirt the issues on distilled by. <clears throat> I get it. But again, for an under $30 bottle... All that really matters is, is it good? Yeah. Um, At $30, you're not really looking for where it's from. It's yeah, I don't... I don't looking need, for a good bottle. Yeah, I don't need that much transparency. Uh, I mean, if you're a dog lover, it's there. Yeah. It's, it's a good-looking bottle. I feel like birds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and again, Whiskey Bracket Challenge. This is probably going to be an entry in there. And I'm going to raise the dollar value too just to kind of expand it so it's going to be the best whiskey under 42 dollars uh so you guys who are listening stick around that's going to play a part into our bonus content in the end so next week we'll start with some taste in rounds and we'll start doing a little bracketology yeah kind of figure out which plays and which doesn't yeah we'll we'll build our our four regions yeah, I mean, on the nose, this smells like everything you want. Yeah, I mean, under $30. Yeah. Can't beat that. And if I am not correct, 88 proof. So nothing bashful there. Mm-hmm. Easy sipper. Toasty. Mm-hmm. Really, really toasty, spicy oak. Nice little sweetness. Good viscosity. Coats the tongue. Yeah, and the, mm-hmm. the flavor sticks around for a little yeah. bit, too. It doesn't yeah. just vanish right away. Yeah, it's got Which a I long... I feel like a lot of the under $30 bottles, Yeah, you drink it, it's there, and then it just disappears. And it's gone. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that's just kind of hugging the tongue. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, is it good? Yeah. Is it worth the money? Absolutely. Seven-year... Under yeah. 30 is pretty, pretty unheard of, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, when you go by that rule of thumb, too, that we, we kind of talk about of, like, 10, 10 bucks a year. You know, okay. if it's a 10-year bourbon, it's usually 100 bucks. Uh, so for a 7-year to be under 30, 
yeah, that's a steal at under $30. Bottle definitely starts a conversation. It's a good little curiosity factor. So, yeah, yeah that wins on all points. Uh, that is new to the store. It's on the shelf. It's available every day, all day. And we'll probably end up in the Whiskey Bracket Challenge. Yeah. No doubt. Pull that off. And now we get into some good stuff. And this is St. George Spirits. Unreal. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I get more and more excited about these guys all the time. And just to kind of cleanse our palates and go off the whiskey trail a little bit, I have somewhere around here. We're just going to revisit from our Guinness Inn. So I think this was our first our first introduction to St. George. But kind of a cool history here. Out of California, correct? Uh, yeah, they're out of California. Uh, they're really kind of the first major craft distillery. They've been around since 82. Um, That's why I feel like out of California, a lot of those distilleries are... Yeah, they've been like around. They, I feel like if you're coming out of California, you kind of die out pretty quick <clears> because <throat> there's so much... And then falls. Mm-hmm. St. George, on the other hand, they're different. Yeah, they're and that's what plays. They're like. quirky. Um, and I mean, it's no coincidence that like the guy who owns this is friends with the guy who owns Redwood Empire. Oh yeah, um, I did not know that. Yeah, so they're they're friendly. And when you think of it, so you got Redwood Empire, you've got Hodling out there. Okay. Uh, which is where like the origins of Hirsch. Yep. Uh, and some of the other Junipero gin. And some of their quirky spirits. Uh, and then these guys. So they started out making brandy. Um, their master distiller's name is Lance. And he came on board like in 82. Cool story. So, yeah. Lance Withers. Or Win- Lance Winter. Lance Winter, okay. So Lance Winter shows up. And his resume was a bottle of homemade whiskey. Like he just showed up for the interview. I made this. Give no resume. <laughs> and he got the job. And 20 years later, That's he became amazing. the master of I mean, like, that takes some stones. Yeah, seriously. I have no resume, but I have whiskey <laughs> that I made. Yeah, so that, that's I mean, that's awesome. how confident he was in his abilities. And, you know, the guys at St. George are quirky as anything. They make, and we don't carry them yet, uh, but I got a feeling we're going to start to bring them in. Um, like, incredible brandies. Incredible fruit liqueurs. One of the most unbelievable absinths I've ever tried. Yep, that's what Matt was um, saying. So. I mean, this brings me back. Yeah. The, so this is the Terroir Gin. They make three gins. So here's kind of their timeline. Uh, in 1997, their first single malt goes into barrel. We'll come around to that in a minute. Uh, they actually developed Hangar One Vodka really? in 2002, which they would later sell the brand. Yeah. But, yeah, they're the they, ones who developed Hangar One Vodka, which is a brand that we've had on the shelf here. Man, that nose is amazing. Yeah. Um, the three gins get released in 2011, so it's the, the rye gin that we didn't bring in. Which is a hundred percent basically rye moonshine, yeah. With all the the botanicals added, the terroir, and then what was the other one? The botanivore. Botanivore, yeah. Yeah. So this, the terroir, this is created to taste like 
California forest. And a perfect job at that they did. Oh, the nose is unreal. Uh, Douglas fir, California bay laurel, sage and citrus. What is happening? Um, so yeah, baller, which we're going to get to in a minute. Uh, the first bottles of that come out in 2016. And then breaking an entry. Uh, B&E comes out in 2018. But just to kind of start off this lineup of... What these guys do is just so... This doesn't smell or taste like any other gin no, I've ever had. When we get to the baller, like... There's nothing else like that. And I guess... And I, I wrote down this quote because I love it. Um, it says, We don't make spirits to meet your expectations. We distill to exceed your imagination. And if you taste anything from St. George. Yeah, no, seriously. That's pretty, pretty spot on. Was it 90 proof? 94? Yeah, 90 proof gin. I just love that nose. I feel like I could just sit yeah. here and smell this. That's so good. Enough of like people think of gin as like a summertime thing. I don't know, with all that snow coming. That just warm me up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I missed that. Yeah. I haven't had that in a while. Yeah, I, I forgot how good it was and when I, we were putting this together, I just thought like we've gotta kinda revisit that to hundred percent. Yeah. That is phenomenal. Good, yeah. heavy viscosity. And we did the whole gin bracket, like, or gin of sin, I think it was. The, yeah. The whole thing we were saying, like, people are scared of gin because they had that one experience, tangeray, that super pininess, and that is nothing like that. No. Nothing that like is, it. That's wild. Yeah, it kind of makes me think of, like, Christmas candles and... Yeah. I will probably be drinking the rest of my bottle <laughs> this weekend while I'm snowed in. By the way, guys, we're open tomorrow and Friday, so come on in, stock up. Yep. We're going to be ready for you. You know where to find um, us. So I guess we move next to St. George Baller. And we've talked about this before. Um, this is American Single Malt. It was kind of cool is when Amanda from Virginia Distillery came up mm -hmm. was hanging out here. I had her taste this. She actually fell in love with it. She bought a bottle to bring back down to Virginia. Um, so if that gives you any sort of validation and credibility of what other whiskey people think of it, yeah. you know, um, for somebody like her to taste it and think, I've got to bring this back and taste my people on it, that's the kind of whiskey this is. The label is just unreal. It looks like a poster almost. Like yeah, it really does. You would be put, you'd see in a room or. I kind of feel like that should be a poster. Yeah. If it was, I would. I would a hundred percent buy that. So and what like, they were going for is uh, California single malt, but based on Japanese styles, because in Japan they drink a lot of highballs. Yeah. So. 
this mixed with soda water is killer. Killer. 94 proof, too. So there's nothing bashful about this. Uh, American single malt, so 100% malted barley from one distillery. It's all their juice. They're not getting it from anywhere else. And one of the sort of cordials things that they make is they make a plum liquor. Yeah. Um, umishu. And what they do is they finish this in the barrels that they use to age that liquor. That's what I was getting. I was getting dark fruit out of it immediately. It's a weird kind of fruit. Like, I don't know how to describe. Because no. I can also get, like, almost like a green apple. Yeah, it's like green apple, like, but also, like, that weird tropical, like, guava, yeah, pineapple, guava. like, lychee. But then there's some smokiness from the barrel underneath it. And that's why I think this is so good because it's so balanced. Yeah, and it's just there's nothing else like it. And again, this is not for your Buffalo Trace, Blantons, I get it, bourbon, bourbon, bourbon. This is for people who like the adventure, yeah. the journey, the people who like whiskey, who just want to try new things. Yeah, expand. Um, yeah. This is for the Peter Thomases of the world and the... Yeah. Derek's and the Jasons and you know Sean and, and all those guys who just want to try it, you know. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm noticing a common theme of St. George spirits that you just like to smell. so good to revisit that as well oh my goodness it's all that I don't know I talk about it a lot lately like a, like how I taste in colors like there's something about the flavor that makes me think of colors I think of like mauve or pink or there's something kind of very pastel about the color of that and then it kind of finishes with that smoke it's not heavy it's not no. oaky and that with soda water just to kind of cut that 94 proof yeah, we're knocking those back. Yeah, that is <sighs> phenomenal. I, just the nose is. Like I feel like, like I said before, it's so perfectly balanced. Like yeah. between the smokiness and you get some of that fruit in there. It, it's balanced and it's not one dimensional. Like when you taste it, like you get one flavor up front. There's another flavor in the middle. Yeah. There's a finish. There's there's something that comes back. There's so much going on. Like. I feel like every time you get a sip, there's... More, there's yeah, yeah there's, every time you sip it, there's something else yeah. you're picking up on. Yeah, And you're picking it up on a, in a different place every time. <sighs> Even like that smoke you always say, it's like that burnt bacon almost. Yeah, like, yeah. So you get like that fruitiness at the beginning, and then you get some burnt bacon in the back. I mean, come on. Yeah, it really is, now that I think of it. Like that sort of bacon fat. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> it's making me hungry. Makes me want to like get some prosciutto and wrap them around like melon balls and. Oh God! Yeah. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm just thinking prosciutto and fruit. That that salty, sweet. Yeah. Ooh. I have a feeling that's probably going to end up as a bottle kill on a. Uh, Instagram later on. <laughs> All 
All right. Wouldn't blame you. And now kind of what we've been leading to. This is brand new to the store. And again, we're having supply issues. So if you guys come in and you're seeing that, you know, wild turkey handles aren't available or some Jack Daniels bottlings or some of the Jim Beam or some of the stuff that we usually carry isn't on the shelf. It's not because we don't want to order it. We're trying to order it. Yeah. They're just not in stock. Now, some stores, and I talk to other sales reps who say, like, other stores have big, giant holes, and they're just not ordering anything. That's not how we approach things here. Yeah, we're um, trying to help brands grow. Yeah, we're, if you don't have it, we're going to find something else that you do have and grow it. I stumbled upon this. It was St. George, so I kind of had a feeling it was going to be good. Yeah. And then we brought it in, and we poured it off. And I believe the first words out of your mouth was, yeah, we need to do that next Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. And again, this is not necessarily for that Buffalo Trace kind of drinker because it's not classified as a bourbon. It's not classified as a rye. It's classified as an American whiskey. And if that weirds you out, remember, this is right next to Lost Monarch on the shelf. Um... And this actually ends up fitting the price criteria to get into the whiskey bracket. And this could be a dark horse yeah, to kind of take say, it yeah. all. Um, just by how we tasted the Lost Monarch last year. So what this is, is they source whiskey, uh, which is no big deal. A lot of brands do that. <clears throat> so they're getting bourbon from, well, they say they source whiskey from Tennessee, Kentucky. I'm assuming the bourbon part of it is coming from Tennessee, just from the flavor profile. The rye part of it is coming from Kentucky. And then they blend it with their single malt. So the name Breaking and Entering, a couple of years ago, they had put out a release that was B&E Bourbon. Okay. And they kind of came up with the name because they have good relationships, much like Derek does at uh, Lost Monarch, uh, Redwood Empire. So they have really good relationships. So B&E was kind of a, a tongue-in-cheek joke of, like, they're going in and stealing the good barrels from their friends at other distilleries, whether it be MGP, whether it be Heaven Hill, Jim Beam, OZ Tyler, uh, George Dickel, wherever. That was kind of the joke of, like, we're going in and we're stealing these good barrels and, you know, making a, a good bourbon. Well, then they realized that by blending some bourbon and some rye with their single malt, which is the base of the baller... Now they've got a whole new yeah. ball game. So when this came in, I hadn't tasted it. I bought it sight unseen. I liked the label. I liked the description that I had read. We cracked it. I instantly, I fell in love with this. This is, I and I still, like, I love Lost Monarch, Redwood Empire. To me, this is just the next step up. Yeah, and that that's sort of what, evolution. When you said it reminds you of when we first tried Redwood Empire, and like that, I feel like that nailed it right yeah. in the coffin. Like, this is one of those, like you said, dark horse, random bottles out of nowhere that nobody really knows about. And it, if people start buying this, they're not going to stop. No, no. I, this is because I feel like, I feel like with Lost Monarch, which was the blend of bourbon and rye, you had the body and the sweetness of rye, yep. of bourbon. <clears throat> the spice of the rye and they were perfect with this you're getting another level 
of you're getting the big sweetness of bourbon, you're getting the spice of the rye, but then you're getting the elegance of that single malt yep. on top of it. So you're, you're just getting another layer of complexity on this. And on the nose, I mean, it smells like everything you want out yep. of a whiskey. And honestly, on the nose, if you had just told me this was a, you know, a great bourbon, yeah. I would believe that, you know. 100%, yeah. <sighs> yeah, I mean, this is this is American whiskey the way to, to me, this is like the next step in the evolution yeah. of American whiskey. And I think if people kind of get over that, it has to be bourbon or it has to be rye. Why can't it be something other? It's weird. I'm almost getting some, like, I don't know if it's from the rye or anything, but, like, it's like a menthol-y kind of. That makes sense. And here's my guess, and I haven't tasted it on camera here, but we tasted this last week. And when I tasted, remember the first thing I said about the bourbon part of it? It was Dickel, right? It was Dickel. I mean, that's kind of my feeling, and, you know, I have no proof of that other than the flavor profile. But then when you think of MGP rye... It has that menthol. It has that menthol, that spearmint that I always get from it, too. So, I mean, you're talking potentially MGP rye, which is fantastic. Yeah. You're talking potentially Dickel bourbon. Yeah. And then their single malt. And then maybe some other distilleries from there kind of blended in. But, yeah, I mean, it's just... There's so much going on in there. The toastiness, the menthol, the big kind of corn vanilla sweetness. <clears throat> I'm not even going to say the proof point just because. I think it gets better every time I drink it. Yeah, it really does. Like, I don't know why more people aren't talking about this. And, and like the viscosity. Yeah, it's crazy. It's still on the side of my cup right now. Yeah, it's wrapping the glass. And the reason I didn't say the proof point is it's only 86 proof. Like that drinks like it's 95 or 100. Like yeah. it's big. It's viscous. It's rich. It's sweet. The body, the coating, it's... It's like you don't... Maybe you want a nightcap, and you want to feel some of that. Yeah. But you don't want to get too... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, we talk about it all the time. Of like, it doesn't always have to be 95 or 100. No, 100% not. And I like that because, yeah, you can have a couple of glasses of that at yeah. 86. It'll warm you up. It'll make you feel mm -hmm. toasty, and you can go to bed fine. Yep. Yeah, I don't know why more people aren't talking about this... But I also know that there's a big effort on the part from St. George to make this a little bit more accessible, to make this more of an everyday offering. Uh, I think at one point when it was the bourbon, it was a little higher price point. So that prices come down. That three-tier rating system, like, is it good? Yeah. Um, just looking at the like label. Maybe people don't know about St. George. Yeah, they don't. Maybe it's too quirky. I don't know. Maybe these guys don't submit their stuff for ratings. And for what it is, it is quirky. It yeah. is 100%. But that whiskey it is 
is awesome. It's, yeah. It's really, it's really not, out of all the stuff I think they make, I feel like that's the less, the least quirky out of all of them. It's just, yeah. it's a good whiskey. Yeah. It really is a good whiskey. Yeah, I agree. Like, it's not, it's actually not quirky. It's quirky in the blend of, like, bourbon, rye, single malt. Yeah. They call it American whiskey. You know, we don't understand that. I, yeah. Like, I feel like we just kind of need things spelled out. Like, this Literally, is bourbon. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Or this is rye. Like, <laughs> yeah. American whiskey, what is that? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it gets confused with Seagram 7, which is la- labeled American whiskey, but this is all quality. This is a beast. It's big. Yeah, it is. 100% big. So yeah, is it good? Fantastic. Uh, is it worth the price? It gets into our whiskey bracket challenge at under 42. So yeah, I think that's worth the price, especially with everything else going up in price. Mm-hmm. This is kind of right in line with where everything is. And I think, like, if you walk into your friend's house and that's on their bar, you're going to want to know, like, what is that? What's the deal with that? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's breaking and entering. It's got the old padlock, like, yeah. early 1900s. Uh, it's got batch number on it. And, I, you know, like, I like the fact that if you go to the website, it's very, very transparent. You know, they're not trying to say, like, like I said, some of the, the brands will say, like, produced by, you know, yeah. made by, like, they don't hide the fact that they're buying from other yeah. places. You know, they may not disclose where. And sometimes it just has to do with an NDA, like a non-disclosure agreement. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, if your whiskey's good, then the whiskey why, is just, good. like, be honest. Like, yep. why would you lie and be, or yep. not even lie, just, like. Speak straight up and say we sort like we source our whiskey. Like there's nothing wrong with it. Nope. No, and that's how they build brands. Like I said, if you say like, "Hey, we're buying it. We're getting it from Tennessee and Kentucky." For some people, that's not specific enough. But I also get like, if you're buying that from, you know, Buffalo Trace. Yeah. Buffalo Trace may not want it out there. Mm. They they're selling whiskey to you, yeah. or maybe you're buying it from Four Roses. So for some of those higher end whiskeys, those distilleries, you know, even Heaven Hill, a lot of times it won't say that it's Heaven Hill. You got to kind of do a little deeper dig. So they might have what's called a non-disclosure agreement that says, you know, we'll sell you these barrels, you know, of this age from this warehouse. You just can't say that it came from here. Yeah, that's out of everybody's control, and that's the price you're going to pay to get good quality juice. But what we're telling you right now. Is the juice in that bottle is of the highest quality. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, yeah, without a doubt. Do not sleep on this whiskey. Come in, try it. I'm going to leave my bottle here behind the bar so you guys can come in tonight, tomorrow night, Friday night. Find me. Find Corey. We'll bring you back here. I'll let you try it. This is my bottle that I paid for, but I'm always willing to put my money where my mouth is yeah. if I believe 100%. in the product. So I'll leave it here through the weekend. After that, it's going to end up a bottle kill photo on Instagram. <laughs> <clears throat> it's just that good. And again, at 86 proof, you can kind of get after it a little bit yeah, on that. Send those back for sure. And like I said, I think this is going to be a more readily available product. But right now, it's available. It's on the shelf. It's here. Uh, and it's positioned between the Baller and the Lost Monarch. So it's kind of... Made the same way Las Marnock is, but by the same people as yep. Baller. So there it is. That's our Whiskey of the Week. Uh, thank you guys for being here. 
podcast listeners, stick around. We're going to do one more thing. Um, yeah, next week, we're going to start to build the Whiskey Bracket Challenge. I'm excited, man. I can't wait. That's um, my second year, so I like yeah. I, yeah, like my I was telling you, year. I was like, my, uh, I feel like my palate's changed, adapted a little bit, so I feel like I'll be able to uh, pick up and maybe not agree as much as you and, yeah. and like something different, you know? So Yeah, and we got to find, you know, we're going to be looking for bringing in new whiskeys in the next couple weeks, too. Because so there could be some sleepers, the, the, random sleepers that should come out of nowhere. Yeah, and and we'll like have that. different winners because you know we're not going to have old granddad Evan Williams. Yep. Now we're not going to have Evan Williams bottled in bond, but we're probably going to have the 1783, the small batch that's been reformulated in the last year, higher proof point. Um, so that's going to be an exciting one. A couple other new things, and like I said, we'll be scouting for some other stuff yeah. as well. Yeah. Guys, stock up. The snow is coming. Um, we'll be here. We'll be here. And then we'll we'll see you guys again next week. Yeah. I'm going to pour a little bit more of this as we kind of kill the video feed. And then we're going to hang out afterwards. Try this whiskey. Yes. All right. <clears throat> Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Oh man, that nose. It's unreal. Like caramel, leather, spice. Ooh. All right. Whew. All right. So you guys sticking around? Like I mentioned before, we're uh, we're up in. The price point for our whiskey bracket challenge. So, I guess kind of the secret announcement is the first whiskey that I'm putting in with this new elevated price point. And there's a couple of them that I have in mind to put in. But the first official one that we're putting in that Corey and I are going to taste now. Have you ever had the Mictor's bourbon? I don't think I have. I've had the Mictor's rye. I love the rye. And in fact... Since we both had the rye, you haven't had this. We'll leave this, I guess, for podcast listeners and you and I. As to whether or not we're actually going to... Oh, yeah. Glen Cairns. Just happened to have Wachusett Wine and Spirits branded Glen Cairn glasses here. So, we're going to taste this. And when we're done tasting this, we're going to decide... Does the bourbon automatically get in, or do we need to have a play-in with the bourbon against the rye? So we can decide right now we're putting the bourbon in, or we can wait till next week and taste them side by side. Last week, I mean, last year we just did bourbon, right? No, we did American whiskey because, again, that's how Lost Monarch got in. Oh, yeah. Remember, yep. we tasted Jack Daniels rye. Yep, we yep, tasted yep. Old Forester rye, um, which I think made it a little bit more fun and a little bit more interesting. No, hundred percent. I I, um, I like that way better than just having. So, the Michter's Bourbon Small Batch—they're very, very. These guys are super secretive about their mash bills, and I think they're contract distilling some stuff. 
I think they're buying some stuff. They have their own sort of proprietary way that they're doing things. So there's not a lot of really background info on it. Uh, things I do know, like they put on the 1753. I'm not going to oversell that. Like you can kind of sort of trace their lineage back to 1753 uh, when they were in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, and they were owned by Bomberger. And eventually that distillery became Michter's because the owner's sons were Michael and Peter, and Victor okay. is a combination of those yeah, two names. You me that. Yep. And then a few years ago, somebody bought the name, which is something we've seen during this bourbon boom of people buying old names or old trademarks um, that have been kind of... Yeah. Nobody's using those brand names anymore. Much like what happened with Yellowstone. You know, that was a brand that got revived as well. I'm not going to lie. From like... <laughs> nosing these whiskeys compared to this I feel like I'm not getting as much yeah it, it's and lighter I, I mean that's not I feel like I was just it's just it's not, different yeah, it's different 100% like I'm saying like it's not a bad nose it's like there's nothing wrong with it but like with the other stuff it was just like there's so much going on I feel like this is pretty straightforward yeah I think that's I mean that's the perfect way to put it like it's very straightforward and I, I think that's it's where that sort of bourbon kind of argument comes in of like American single malts like when you talk to Amanda like at Virginia yeah they're using 100% malted barley but they can age in different barrels they can age for different periods they can you know there's a lot of variables that go in that can yeah, change all those flavor profiles with bourbon it's new American strict. oak charred 51% corn and that's it so yeah after tasting baller which is single malt, aged in whiskey barrels, and then finished in umishu barrels, and then this, which is bourbon, rye, and single, like... And that always blows my mind, too, is how bourbon has such a strict thing to call it bourbon, but different bourbons taste so differently. Like Yeah. It's, I mean, they're similar in some ways, but for yeah. the most part, I mean, you can, I mean... Maybe not everybody, but me and you can, like, we can totally tell the difference between bourbons. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean. But it's like, they're so strict on what they're supposed to be, and it's just so crazy to me that they can all taste different. Like, yeah, I, and I think that, like, they taste, like, when we tasted birthday bourbon last week, like, yeah. that's a big cherry bomb. Yeah. Yep. You, you know, and some of them are, you know, nutty, or some of them are big cherry or uh, coconut or whatever. But I, I feel like whatever they are, like, and they're fantastic, but they're very also one-dimensional. Yeah. Because you're not getting those other yeah, layers. There's only so much you can do. You know, like, and this is, I mean, this is pretty standard bourbon nose. Yeah. Oak, caramel. What I've come to, like, think of is, like, that Girl Scout Samoa cookie, you yep. know, like... That you mentioned that. I literally had them last night. Yep. That <laughs> shortbread exactly cookie. Yep. That coconut, that caramel, that chocolate. But then that big toasty oak. Good color. Great color, yeah. Um, no age statement. It's funny, like... I'm such a geek that I spend so much time doing, like, research at home and looking at things and, you know... I read an article the other night of like, 
I don't know how old this bourbon is. There's no age statement on it, so I assume it's really young. And I'm just like, well, by law, it has to be four, right? Yeah, yeah, it has to be four. If there's no age statement on it, that means it's four. Four, yeah. Yeah. If it's under four, you have to. Yeah, I feel like they don't put an age statement on it. It's dumb of them to not put. If it's more than four years, like it's dumb of them not to put five or six on it, because that would make a bourbon drinker more appeal to it. But and I feel like a lot of them, like. Jim Beam Black, it's actually some really good bonus content here, but like Jim Beam Black used to say eight on the label. And then they moved it to the back. And they and then they moved it to the back and then they got rid of it. So, you know, in years where they have a ton of it, a ton of bourbon, you know, they there might be eight year in it. But right now with the, you know, the boom and, and not enough product... It might be six is the youngest. Yeah. So they don't put an age statement at all because it gives them the flexibility of like, hey, if we've got a ton of older product, we can put all older product in. But if we don't, we have to put six year in instead of yeah. eight year. And the Jim Beam drinkers that know that it was eight, if you slap a six on there, they're like, eh, right. maybe right. I don't want to drink that anymore. Yep. So by not putting an age statement on them, it gives them the flexibility uh, yeah, of years. what they've yeah. got in stock. Um, whereas... Because if you put the eight on there, now you have to go to the government, get that label approved. Well, now that's your label, and you print a million of them. But now you have to put at least eight year whiskey yeah, in it all the what's, time. What's next? You're gonna happen like yeah, mm-hmm. just a money yep. thing at that point. So by taking the eight off, it gives you the flexibility, but you don't have to approve a new label yeah. if you switch the blend. Yeah. Um, but by law. If it's under four, you have to put the age. If it's four or over, you don't. Yeah. Which is what they did, right? Oh, yeah. It, well, they put no. age on the the breaking and entry. It says on the back the age amendment of two and a half years. Well, that's not bourbon. Actually, what am I talking about? But yeah, I mean, they put it right there. Age amendment of two and a half years. Okay. Yeah. But if you think about how much of that, like MGP rye, is usually only two and a half years. Just anyways, yeah. You know, because rye doesn't really age well for yeah. a long time. So you're getting the youthfulness. But it could be eight-year bourbon. Yeah. It could be six-year single malt. But because the rye is only two and a half, yeah. that's Because if you make the, the rye, thing. yeah, if you the rye goes any, you're just going to lose. You can lose what? some of that, that especially that, that spearmint yeah. on that. All right. Yeah, we tried. <laughs> I mean, that's everything I want a bourbon to be. It's warm. It's spicy. Caramel. Like that Werther's candy. I don't know. I feel like that should just be in there. The rye is so good, though. The rye (laughs) is so good. And what I love about the rye is that rye is a single barrel. So there's some bottle variation to it too. Like they put the barrel number on. See, I the feel bottle. like that might mess with our the bracket though, because maybe it's a single barrel, but at the same time, if somebody listens and buys a different single, barrel, yeah, yeah, it could lead them in the wrong direction. All right. Well, I guess decision made. Michter's Bourbon is in the whiskey bracket challenge. And I think the competition just amped up. Yeah. 
Because I can't imagine if I had to blind taste Michter's bourbon against B and E, how oh, that would go down. <laughs> to be continued. Yeah. Like. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna wrap it from there and keep tasting. Um, thank you guys as always for listening. Um, if you like what we're doing, if you like what Corey and I are doing, uh, go to Spotify. Follow the podcast. Give us a five-star rating. Um, Yeah. Give us a review on Facebook. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. You can always email me, rich at whatjuiceatliquors. All this stuff is going to be in the show notes as well. All criticism is good criticism. Yeah, like all feedback, you know. Want to know what you like, what you don't like. If it sounds good, if it sounds bad. like. And you know what? If you want to come join us. Send me an email and we can talk about it. And yeah, one hundred percent. And if you're a distributor out there, a sales rep, you know, bring me samples. We'll we'll get them on the air and we'll help promote. Because right now we can't do store tasting, so this is the closest we've got to sharing product with our customers. Mm-hmm. So all my sales reps, all my distributors, all your brand reps out there, bring us samples. We'll get them out there. All right, guys, we'll uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Cheers. Hey, you still there? Do you remember to follow the podcast? Did you remember to give us a rating? Also, don't forget to check out the episode description on Spotify. See what the question of the week is. Give us an answer. And remember, there's going to be a special gift for you at the store if you answer the question. So remember, rate, follow, gift. Talk to you next week. Cheers.